Morocco's GDP annual growth slows to 0.5% and we look at OPEC Plus's surprise production cut. From over 811 cities and 119 countries, Kush Investments brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. Climate change has become one of the most pivotal conversations of our time. Alex Kalanda, the Ayambe Zero CEO, joins us for this episode to expound on the work being done to ensure that it's not just buzzword, but a concept that can be understood at grassroots level. Yes, definitely. Climate change um, is one of the most pivotal conversations of our time, and definitely it has to be. Um, reason being, every industry has to transition into being green. Um, let me give you uh, maybe a simple example here. Um, I'm not ensuring it's just a buzzword, or rather the, the reality. So the thing is, uh, um, globally, I think in 2021 emissions, the world emitted about you know over 40 billion tons um, of carbon dioxide equivalent. And carbon dioxide equivalent simply means um, a combination of all the, you know, the most dangerous gases, uh, maybe about six of them, carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, um, you know, the hydrofluorocarbons and a couple of others, right? And then standardizing them um, so that they could be considered in a unit of carbon dioxide. Um, so that's about you know, 40 billion tons of carbon dioxide um, or other carbon, if I can put it that way. Now, the thing is, these emissions need to peak by 2025. So in other words, by 2025, the world needs to emit the highest number of emissions at any given year in any point in time, right? Especially beginning from the 1700s when the Industrial Revolution began. Now, by 2030, um, it means that these emissions have to ha- to be basically halved. In other words, in 2030, in, in that year, at least... Um, the world should be emitting less than 20, maybe uh, billion tons of carbon dioxide equivalent compared, let's say, to ones in 2021. Um, it could even be less because the less, them, the better. Now, the challenge is that every scenario is based on or rather contributes to a pathway in increase in um, degrees Celsius. For example, at the moment, the temperatures increase by 1.1 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial levels of in the 1700s. So the emissions generated from all that time till now, they've led to an increase of about 1.1 degrees uh, Celsius on average on a global scale. Now, the goal of the Paris Agreement was to ensure this increase doesn't you know, go beyond 1.5 or, 1. or rather 2 degrees Celsius. But at the moment... Even all our current pledges globally by all countries, all our pledges pretty much <laughs> lead to a two degrees Celsius pathway. And this is disastrous, right? So imagine all that's happening at the moment and it's just 1.1 degrees increase. Um, but now imagine what two degrees Celsius would be. It's crazy, right? There's even scenarios for, you know, for three, four degrees Celsius. Um, it's going to be um, catastrophic. So our goal to ensure this is not a buzzword is to actually ensure people can see the reality. So for us, one of the things we're doing it in basically three ways. One, creating awareness. 
Um, and by awareness, we're trying to simplify the technical jargon of what climate change is, uh, what climate science is, what are the specific causes of all of this, and translating into simple language that people can understand, business can understand, individuals can understand. So that's one. The second thing is about building the right tools um, so that people can know that actually whatever they do emits emissions. Um, by doing this, it gives a certain sense of responsibility to every person, to every company, to know um, what their effect is in contributing to the effects of, of climate change. Um, so that's the second thing. So what we've done is building out tools, um, and by tools I mean software tools, right, that can be in, integrated in different applications for companies to know how much they meet, let's say, in a given month or in a given year, um, and then getting them to reduce these emissions. Um, this goes into the general theme of ensuring that these emissions can be halved. So our goal is to keep track of all the data um, so that at the end of the year we know, okay, so in our ecosystem, we've been able maybe to reduce maybe 100 million tons of carbon dioxide equivalent. That's a goal. That's an example of a number. I'm just putting it out there. Um, then the third bit is basically around um, accelerating green projects. So basically projects that are either absorbing carbon dioxide uh, or no rather carbon equivalent um, or that are, you know, reducing the risk of emitting um, carbon equivalent um, or simply um, basically absorbing. Okay, there's absorbing, there's reducing, uh, and then there's reduction, right? So most of these projects are very highly innovative. Um, some of them are, of course, available, for example, large forest areas, conservation areas, you know, water, oceans, because they pretty much absorb a lot of carbon dioxide uh, or other carbon, if I can call it that, um, at any point in time. So what these projects usually lack is climate finance, money to ensure to implement, get implemented um, and they contribute to reducing carbon in the atmosphere. So our goal is basically to get them climate finance. Um, so that's the third bit that we're doing. So our goal is to finance about 20,000 projects by 2030 um, across across the world. Uh, in, in a few months, we already have you know, over 2,000 projects plus in our pipeline, um, still around the world in various industries that we are already processing and uh, already working on. Um, so for us not to ensure that, you know, climate change is just a buzzword, those are the three action areas to are putting in place and working on aggressively um, to ensure we can be able to contribute um, to solving climate change. And also at the grassroots level, because at the grassroots level, um, we may not be able to build the solutions um, for every community around the world, but by building our tools, we can be able to invite other people to actually build on top of our tools, and then they build customized solutions for for their own communities. Um, so that's how we are basically ensuring we can be able to get the grassroots levels to even understand uh, a bit more about climate change. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index closed about 0.7% higher at 76,615 on the first trading day of April as solid gains in resource-linked stocks and financials more than offset weakness in tech companies. Traders digested the unexpected announcement of a drop in OPEC production, which also revived inflation concerns and increased the possibility of prolonged monetary tightening by the central banks. Domestically, the South African Reserve Bank's Monetary Policy Committee raised 
interest rates in the country by 50 basis points on Thursday instead of a widely expected 25 basis points with the rolling power cuts imposed by ailing state-owned power utility still fueling inflation. Meanwhile, local economists have warned that South Africa is edging closer to a full-grid collapse. On the data front, the seasonally adjusted APSA Purchasing Managers Index revealed South African manufacturing activity contracted for a second month in March and to the greatest extent in eight months. WTI crude futures surge about 7% to above $80 per barrel on Monday, hitting its strongest levels in over two months after OPEC Plus announced a surprise production cut of more than 1 million barrels a day. This complicates the outlook for inflation and interest rates, as investors have been betting that easing price pressures will give central banks room to pause the current tightening cycle. A dispute involving the Kaddish authorities, which halted exports of around 400,000 barrels a day from the Sehan port in Turkey, also tightened the market since last week and seemed unlikely to be resolved anytime soon. On the demand side, investors remain optimistic about China's recovery with PetroChina and Sinoc Limited, recently saying a rebounding domestic economy can help cushion the impact of slower global growth. And a quick trip around Africa, the Stanbic Bank Nigeria PMI slipped farther to 42.3 in March of 2023 from 44.7 in the prior month, the second consecutive contraction in private sector business conditions in over two years. Output and new orders fell more quickly than in February, while staffing levels and purchasing activity were scaled back again amid the ongoing cash crisis. Meanwhile, suppliers' delivery timelines shortened in March following the first lengthening in more than five years during February. On the price front, input costs and output prices continued to rise sharply, but rates of inflation softened. Looking forward, business sentiment was the second lowest in the series history. Kenya's vibrant internet footprint, high mobile phone penetration and youthful human resource makes it a preferred startup ecosystem in the continent. A later survey conducted by the Kenyatta University and Maitri Capital looking at the country's investment climate says the country's $8.7 billion retail market offers multiple opportunities for investors. According to the survey, the country has over 100% mobile penetration, 90% internet penetration and a rich profile of B2C e-commerce merchants easing the cost of doing business. Between January 2015 and November 2022, 242 tech startups raised a combined $1.28 billion so far in 2022. Last year alone, they raised $506.6 million, almost doubling the $291.9 million raised in 2021 and representing a record annual total for the ecosystem. The survey which map 47 counties shows that 58% of the startups in Kenya have a presence in Nairobi and have been expanding to other parts of the country. Despite 53% of them operating in Kenya, there is growing interest to expand to other East African countries as well as West Africa. Out of all the startups that took the survey, 91% have tried to raise money 
from investors and only 6% of the startups are using their own money. Morocco's GDP grew by 0.5% year-on-year in quarter 4 of 2022, compared with a 7.6% advance in the same period last year. The expansion was driven by external demand in a context of high inflation and an improvement of the national economy's need for financing. The agriculture sector contracted by 15.1%, compared with a 17.8% expansion last year, and fishing activities slowed to 12.3% from 53.4%. Also, industrial activities shrunk by 2.4% after rising 5.4%, particularly due to a fall in the mining and manufacturing and construction and also utilities. Meanwhile, the services sector grew by 0.4%, less than 5.1% a year earlier due to a slowdown in transport and warehousing, financial services, insurance, education, health and services rendered by the general public administration, real estate, R&D and trade and repair of vehicles. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website, that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at With Adon.